You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Well, 9 o'clock I already knew, but I'm telling you, this was, uh, I had a great sermon. I'm sure it would be great. It was like a 2.0 version of what I preached at San Marcos last week, so you can just download it, because this is my new, uh, my new scripture on the way here. That's probably why I was crying. I said, that's all you're giving me? And then I panicked and called Pastor Jurgen. I said, I think the Holy Spirit's messing me up this morning. He goes, well, you can't go back to the other message. That's not the word I was looking for. I got that one worked out and polished. And he goes, well, that's not what Bressy needs. Fine. Fine. So there it is. And we'll see what God does with it. So I'll put it right here so I don't forget to hit what he's trying to teach me. But it started on something I uh, listened to a week ago. It was in my yearly reading. It really just kind of, you know, hit my spirit. So whenever you listen to you, I listen to audio. And uh, I'll be on my, you know, whatever it is, Peloton, which I don't, is not working. But I mean, I just need to probably go longer. Uh, but I'm listening to it. And then when it, the Holy Spirit hits you on a verse, I go back and I really start to chew on that verse. And, and this came out of that little Peloton experience where I was getting yelled at. Uh, but, you know, I'll tell you, I just moved into my dream house, which is a nightmare. I don't think anyone, I, I'm just saying, Lord, thank you for this being my dream house, because at this age, I never want to move again. And uh, everyone in this church that came out and, and helped move, dear Lord, thank you. I mean, I can't believe I had amnesia. I haven't moved since 2012, and I realized that that move, you know, I was in a, I went from, this is how good God is. When I came to this church, I was living in a two-bedroom condo. And I uh, wasn't a tither. You know, I was totally jacked up. And then I started tithing. And then I just started believing for crazy things. And I remember I was running on this running trail down in Mission Valley, and I saw this house. I'm like, God, oh, man, I want that house. And I started just prophesying over that house. I mean, I was just this radical young kid listening to Pastor Jurgen. I'm like, I'm going to start doing radical things. I just started prophesying over this house. Next thing you know, it's like, this is the house that came up on the market. And I got that house, and we were living our best life. And my wife and I lived in our dream house at the time. I mean, you know dreams change over time? Yeah. Living in my dream house, and we're sitting there. And then Michaela and I were living our best life. We got pregnant. We gave birth to my little Micah. And during her pregnancy, God said to me, hey, you're about to, I'm about to expand. I said, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I know we're having a baby. No, 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 expand your territory. And then showed me this house. And so my wife and I started driving around just looking for this house, whatever it was in my mind that he was showing me. And then we found it in, in uh, Poway Scripps Ranch. And then it was funny because at the time I saw the price tag, (laughs) my wife's like, this is the house. Yeah, of course you'd say that. (laughs) And then I saw the price tag and I just couldn't wrap my head around. I gave it to God. I'll know this is my first little mini test. And I gave that house to God. I said, Lord, you know what I'll do with that house. You know, I'll bless a lot of people. You know, whatever you tell me to do, I'll use that house for your glory. It was a little Christianese, but I was like, I promise you, I'm going to do it. And then I had a dream that night on exactly how I was going to buy that house. And I preached it before because I lost my real estate agent. Uh, You know, I lost a friendship over it because she thought I was crazy. And she's like, I have a reputation. I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to deliver that. I'm going to say, well, that's what God told me. You go to my church, of course you're going to do it. Yeah, I'm like, come on. 
Lord, this is faith. And she goes, that's, that's too crazy. So she wouldn't do it. So I called my mom. My mom goes, oh, I love that. She flew down from Sacramento, represented me, and I got that house. And then to the point where nobody does a lease option to buy. So dumb. This guy didn't even know why he did it. These aren't the drones you're looking for. You know, it's like, and so nine months into it, because I did it 18 months, nine months, the Holy Spirit woke me up. I was at men's prayer later on the day. This guy confirmed his word. So I called and said, babe, I got to, I got, we got to sell that. I mean, we have to close the deal on this house. God tells me I have to pay it off. And she goes, well, how are we going to, how are we going to do this? I'm like, I have no idea. But God just told me to do it. We got to do it. No joke. My dad called and said, hey, I had some property. It's out in the middle of nowhere. You'll never be able to sell it, but I want to gift it to you and your brother. Who knows what could happen any day? I just want you to have it, blah, blah, blah. So my dad gave me 10 acres, gave my brother and I each a parcel out in the middle of nowhere, boondock city. Like, you know, just out there. Just trying to think of the Christian ways I could say it. Just way out there. And no joke, I called my mom. I'm like, Mama, what am I going to do with this piece of property? Just put it up for sale. And she goes, how much? And I said, well, I need uh, like 120000 to close on this home to get it off so I don't have this lease option thing going. And God told me to do it. She goes, okay. So I said, she goes, I don't even know what it's worth. It's so far out there, nothing's ever sold. So she just put it up for one hundred twenty. The next day, all cash offer came in, bought that piece of property. Nothing sold five years before that. Nothing has sold five years since that. People, real estate agents calling all over. So I knew God was doing stuff. He was working this faith muscle, working this faith muscle. So then I was like, man. And so I closed on this house in Scripture Ranch. And what happened was, with how crazy this is, I, run, I see the owner I think I bought it. We met one time in a Target parking lot so I can get, like, the openers to the garage. But two doors, two steps in front of me in the southwest, I see him. We're checking in. So I call his number. Sure enough, he looks at the phone and sends me a voicemail. <laughs> I look over, I'm like, hey, Peter, that's me. I go, oh, hey, oh, sorry about that. Uh. And so we had this funny conversation. He goes, hey, by the way, I know you're a Christian. I'm Jewish. I said, same God. You just got to finish the book. And uh, uh, anyway, so he goes, um, he goes I- I'm, just cra- I'm just curious, why did you close? I said, uh, you know how I got the house, right? God spoke to me about the number. And he goes, yeah, that's crazy, man. I want to, do he speak to you again? I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah, what's interesting is my best friend's a real estate agent said I was the biggest idiot in the world because the value has gone up about, you know, 100,000. And he said, and I told him if it goes up another 50,000, I'll, I'll just give you your money back and I'll put it back on the market because I'd like to make 150. So he goes, what was crazy is he called me the morning you called me to close the house and said, you need to put it back on the market and blow the deal. So he goes, I was talking to my wife about what to do. And he goes, and then you called and said, you want to close it. So I just figured I'd be a man of integrity and close it. He goes, I just thought the timing was a little surreal. And I said, well, these were all my little faith muscles doing reps. Because what it took to get this house that I just closed on last week needed about 10x that miracle. And why why I'm telling you this is because we have to see things in a way that God sees them. See, all throughout the Bible, God gave us stories, and that's why he wants us to be in the Old Testament to start building some faith muscles in us. Because along the way, people, we're on unshakable joy right now, people lose their joy because deep down they've lost their faith. Because they've taken some licks and they just kind of gave up on chasing some dreams. And so they've been drained and they don't really know it. They're still waking up encouraged. But what I tell you is that if you knew what I knew, 
That's why I'm emotional this morning. I barely got through the first service. I had to go give myself a little 20-minute you know, locker room talk to make it out here again. And then that one worship song messed me up again. And now I got my cry tissue rag up here. Because God is so radical, when you start living in radical faith, it's emotional when you really understand how good God is. But I wasn't raised that way. I was raised that, hey, you go to church because that's what you do. It's almost like this religiosity thing, this religion thing that we get caught up in to the going to the church and we miss the experience. But God doesn't want you to be the check the box Christian. He wants you to live radical faith, have radical faith and do radical things for the kingdom. You know, just, just before this service, you know, I was shaking again. I was hearing Pastor Colin talking about the salt and then, you know, a gentleman that I respect goes, this is why we're involved. And he sent me a text, and it was our mayor doing a drag queen Christmas. And I'm sitting here going, why do I have one empty seat in my breasty can't? I need revival. I need people to get their joy back, to go after their dreams, to start having a kingdom mentality to take territory so we can stand up. People guys like, oh, why are you guys so political? Because if the church doesn't raise its voice in the volume, we're not going to have a country. Like Colin said, the world came to the church when they needed a miracle. See, our city needs you and me to step up our game in every area. I'm tired. Like the reason why I didn't like Christians, because to me, most of them were pathetic. But I miss, and when I met Pastor Jurgen, what I love about him, he's 50 something years old. And I would, I would bet every money in my pocket, if you're a good surfer, I'd put my money on Pastor Jurgen. He'd spank you out there. <laughs> to see a 50-some-year-old get out and shred smoking the 21-year-olds out on a wave because he's passionate about surfing. When he got passionate about golf, I'd be used to be like, 20 bucks, he outdrives you. Like, he's just a pastor. Bam! I'm like, anointed. <laughs> you know, it's just like, but why can't we as Christians be the best dominating every area of the kingdom? Like you get these people that were anointed in the house of God, like a Britney Spears or Jessica Sensa, raised in the house of God, but lost it because the devil enticed them to go to the world. See, I was almost that guy in my apartment in Old Town being enticed by the world, but I called out God. And then I had a praying mom and a praying grandma and so many people praying for me. But God sent exactly who I needed. That was Pastor Jurgen to speak a word in my life. I met him, watched transformation. Then I saw my friend get healed. Then I saw this miracle. Then I said, oh my gosh, the world can't hold a candle to that. I just need to know how to get that. See, the Bible used to put me to sleep because I didn't know it had purpose. I just was doing it because my parents told me to do it. So I'd fall asleep most of the time. But when I got infused with the Holy Spirit, which I didn't know I needed to be infused with. And then I started reading the Bible and I'm about to read you some scriptures that I need you to pick up what I'm putting down because God wrote them with the design purpose, not just to be a good storybook. And if we can get in alignment with the purpose, I was crying at the first service going, man, God, you are sending the most insane people to my church. The most incredible talent I've ever seen to my church. Like I am so proud to bring people. I mean, people all the time in the business world. You got to come to my church. And when they give me this little nonsense, I just look at them like, and I don't mean this disrespectfully. I'm like, well, you can stay an idiot or you can come get your life changed. And I don't mean that bad, but that's how I feel at this point because 
They are missing out on such a radical life that God designed and planned for them. They think the world has more to offer and they're pretty successful. I like being around lions that are sick. I don't care if they're Christian or not because I know that God's introducing me to get them into the kingdom because they have a purpose to do radical things. I looked at a kid that has his first MMA fight tonight. I got tickets in my back pocket. He sold out for the kingdom. God restored him. He used to be a pro baller and he thought his career was over. But God's restoring him. He's got his first pro fight tonight. But that's not what I'm most impressed with. You know what I'm most impressed with? Where everybody else in the world is saying, dude, you got to prepare mentally. It's an all day deal. He's at the 9 a.m. service worshiping God. Came in, wanted to get some prayer before he goes up. I mean, that is all in. You know, and and you might not be the place where you feel comfortable bringing your friends that aren't saved yet to church, because I get it. We're pretty passionate. We're pretty radical. We don't shy away from any subject. Are they going to talk about money one more time? Every Sunday. But if they're not ready for that yet, guess what they can be ready for? Twisted. Little side door. Come watch a rock and roll themed play. Oh, I guess I'll come to that. You don't have to tell them it's at church. Just, and when they go, is this a church? Oh, yeah, I attend here, but this is going to be radical. And then they come in, they have their mind blown. It messes up their perception. You can do rock music in a church. Yep. And then they just get nailed with the gospel, but they don't know it's the gospel to the very end. And Scrooge gets redeemed. There's no greater story. Oh, it's going to be radical. You guys have no clue. All right, listen. So I want to give you the context of this. So this morning, this is my first drive ever from my new home to coming to church. So um, it's just way different. It's a miracle I even got dressed. I mean, honestly, at 5 a.m., I couldn't find my underwear box. It was in the garage. (laughs) Don't worry, I found it. (laughs) But I mean, it was stressful. This morning, I'm like, oh, I'm so much closer. I can take more time. I go, where's my clothes? Where's my clothes? Babe, uh, your closets are full. Oh, yeah, yours is in the garage still. Oh. (laughs) Okay, yeah, you were too busy setting up your new gym. You got to worry about your underwear now, huh? (laughs) Okay. But I got dressed, a little frazzled. I got here, and on the way here, no joke, it was my first time driving in a way new way. So I had to think different, changing my thinking already because I was such in a routine of driving from Poway here, 40-minute drive. Dude, on Tuesday morning, it was just like second nature to me. But today, all my thoughts were new. And God started messing me up and wrecking me all the way here. And so I scribbled down what he was saying to me. And I'm going to say it to you because this campus specifically, this is a word for where you're at. It may rattle some of you, but every one of you have desire, and God's about to turn up the thermostat on you right now. And you have a couple options. You can either reject it. Or you can receive it and let it start to marinate. Or you could just jump and say, I receive it and go full throttle. You're only going to be one of those three. My recommendation, don't be the first one to reject it. You can let it plant, let it germinate, and and reap the harvest when you're ready for it. But God's outside of time. So you can be ready for it when you walk out the door if you choose to. It's about your filter. It's about your perception. But we got to quit bringing our filter to the gospel to lower it to where we're comfortable. So what happened was on the way here, God was saying, the reason why you're living in your dream is because you rejected what the world was saying, what experts were saying, and you only listened to me. See, what happened was Pastor Jesse sent me a, a, a video, a YouTube video. 
And it was Dr. Yangi Cho, and it was about the tabernacle prayer. And as I was listening to the tabernacle prayer, man, it was great. He was speaking at a pastor's conference to just pastors years ago, all on YouTube. And when he got to this one point, it pierced my soul. And I stopped and I rewatched it. And I rewatched it. And I chewed on it. I marinated on it. And I said, oh my gosh, that's a word for me. Didn't know when it was going to happen. And then, you know, just a little bit longer, uh, the fuller said, oh my gosh, we found your house. It's so Hubbard style. That's kind of my joke. We're not a joke. <laughs> but he said, this house is so Hubbard style. So I looked at it on Redfin. I said, that's so Hubbard style, but that price tag is so not Hubbard style. Huh. And the Holy Spirit says, oh, so you're going to put a limiting belief on me. And then immediately the word of the Lord came to me and talked to me, showed me the story of Abraham, showed me the story of this. See, Abraham was 99 years old when God spoke to him and said, I need you to change your name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many, father of many nations. You're going to be the father of many. So it wasn't until a year later he had his first child. So let me tell you something. Abraham walked around a year having to call himself a certain way, looking like a fool, putting himself out there, maybe looking a little vulnerable. He had to make a decision to either I'm going to do what God says out of obedience. And even sometimes when he was doubting, God had to pull him out of his funk, pull him out of his tent and say, look up, start counting the stars. They're too numerous. That's what I'm going to do for you. Multiply, I will multiply you. Bless, I will bless you. And Abraham had a choice, and we know what his choice was, even in Romans I'm about to read to you. You hear what his choice was? He stepped out and decided, I will call myself Abraham. I will say it, even in the ridicule, even in the things. You may not see where you're going, but God's given you a word. And you're going to believe that word or you're not, that's up to you. Whether you want that breakthrough or not, that's up to you. God's a God of free will. He loves you. He's never going to force your hand. You're either going to walk into his blessing that he's blessed you or he's not. See, when I got that video and I watched it, it was about a rhema word. And Yang Yi Cho was explaining the difference between logos, the word of God, the written word of God, and the rhema word, the revelation about the word of God. Revelation is, and a rhema word is, you're reading it, it's alive, it's powerful. It's what God is saying, not what God said. That's a rhema word. And the Holy Spirit said to me and said, in this Yang Yi Cho video right then, if I've given you a word, a rhema word, no one can take it from you but you. I'm like, okay. And then it was confirmed in prayer, hey, there's something that you're stepping out into and God wants you to trust him. I had some doubts along the way, everything. But what I will tell you is this is, I knew. I said, God, is that a rhema word? And he said, it is. And I said, then no one's taking it from me. So this whole journey, when you go in escrow, I went in escrow August 23rd. I closed December 2nd. No one's in escrow that long. 22 documented miracles along the way. But no one stole my rhema word. I had to get creative. I had to think of radical things at every hurdle. And, and the one thing that rocked me the most was one night when I was sitting in my hot tub, I was like, did I just do something stupid? I was having a real conversation with my father. I said, what am I doing? 
The devil was in my ear. I had another friend that's in banking in my ear. I'm like, what am I doing? And I went inside and I laid down. And when I was in the hot tub, I said, I need a sign. And then I felt like the Lord spoke to me. I'm okay, okay. I went, I'm just laying in bed. And my wife's like, you got a lot on your mind? I didn't even want to tell her. I said, you have no idea. And then nine o'clock at night on a Sunday night, Pastor, my phone rings, it's Pastor Jurgen. And I answered. My wife didn't know who it was. So she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's Pastor Jurgen. He's like, you know him. He's like, Kayla Ray Valentine, what's going on? <laughs> See, babe, it's all good. And, and I said, why are you call me? And he goes, I just felt like you need to be encouraged. And in that moment, I had peace come over me. He said, 30-second, one-minute prayer, and I went to bed, back online with my rhema word that nobody was going to take from me, especially me. It's the exact word I needed. What I want to talk to you about is Abraham had a choice. We all had a choice. I want you to hear this story. This is in 1 Kings. This is what I was reading while I was on my Peloton. It was Elijah. And Elijah... He was under the most incredible, ridiculous, well, it's kind of like we are under Newsom. You know, it just sucked. <laughs> he had Jezebel and King Ahab, and they were ruining his life. And he just got through going against the prophets of Baal. 850 of them destroyed him, took him down to the valley, killed them all. I mean, he had to be the man. But then the next chapter is he's hiding, running from them, scared for his life. I'm thinking to myself, how could you do one of the most radical miracles? Everyone understands it. And then just because this Queen Jezebel is coming after you, you fold like a deck chair. I was thinking to myself, thank goodness David didn't do that. He kills Goliath next day, he wakes up and he freaks out. He goes, oh man, he's got four brothers. I better go hide. No, he just took out the four brothers. But here's Elijah going through this crazy regime. And then King Ahab realizes there's been a three-year drought in the land. And pretty much he didn't really care about the drought. He didn't care if people died. He didn't care if crops went. He just cared when now his own horses were about to die because no water. He realized he'd lose his whole army and then other countries might come in and sack him. So now he cared when the drought's affecting him and maybe his army. That was his power. So he goes to the prophet and he says, hey, I need a miracle. And then this is what I want you to hear. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. See, he didn't see rain. He just knew his God could provide rain, but he prophesied. He said, get ready. I hear a mighty rainstorm. What are you saying about your circumstance? What are you saying matters? Here's this prophet saying, okay, I hear rain's coming. So he prophesied it. Number two, so Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed. So he went and did something. He climbed up to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. See, some of us care what people think about us. He had a servant with him. He had other people with him. He climbed up to that mountain and he got down on his knees, put his head between his knees, maybe looked a little ridiculous and started praying out. He didn't care what anyone around him thought. He knew he needed a word from the Lord. What are you willing to do to get that word? And this is what I love about it. He said to his servant, go and look towards the sea. See, we are in Israel. I remember going out, Pastor John and I, and we were prophesying, God, show us to it again. Show us this. You know, and we're like, we didn't see the cloud. So we just, we stopped. But 
we were there looking out over the same sea on the same mountain going, man, Elijah stood right here. Man, it was, it was surreal and powerful. But I want you to get this. The servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. But Elijah didn't stop. Seven times Elijah told him to go back and look. How many times would you go back? Has there been something God spoke to you, but you went once, maybe twice, maybe three times? When do you quit? When do you stop? And if you really knew it was a word from the Lord, would you ever stop going after it? See, so many of us, and I know in my past, I've stopped. I heard from, I was like I was on the JV football team. But he's like, I'm not going to bring you up to varsity until you get, till I see that you're ready for it. There are stories in the Bible, you know, it's, he was told to hit the rock, you know, a bunch of times. He only hit it three. So he had three years of peace. And the guy's like, why, why didn't you hit the rock more? I was like, I just, just stopped when he wanted to. See, Elijah stopped when he saw something different. I'm going to go on to read this. And I love it because the servant who around you matters. That servant, you know, worked for Elijah. He could have bailed after the third one going, dude, he's lost it. The fourth time, oh man, he drank too much communion. Fifth time, how many more times do I got to do this? Who's around you matters. He just kept going. It's all right. If my boss says to, I'm going to keep doing it. That's faithfulness. I love it because get this, the servant went and looked and returned to Elijah. I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go back. Finally, on the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. Think about it way over the ocean. This size of my hand, way out in the ocean. I saw a little cloud about the size of a hand. I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. As soon as the sky was black and the clouds, a heavy wind and a terrific rainstorm happened. But let me tell you something. When Elijah jumped up and started to run and said, quickly, go tell Ahab, told the servant, you better get your move on, grab that chariot and start beelining out of there. My question is, was there rain? No. All there was was a little sign out over the ocean. See, a lot of the Christians that I've raised up around Oh, when, when I see God do it, I'll start. When I'm rich, I'll start tithing. When I get breakthrough, I'll start doing this. When I, no, no, when, when you move, God moves. Elijah saw a sign and then already started celebrating like he had victory right then. And I'm going to tell you that one of the greatest things, I could tell you why I'm living in my place, why I've gotten the breakthrough that I have, is because when God gave me the word, I started celebrating like it was already mine. And to the world or people that understand it or they think you're like to name it and claim it and, you know, confess it and possess it. No, that's not what it is. It is biblical truth because God's trying to say, speak those things that aren't as though they are. You know, in Romans 4, 17, it says this, as it is written, I have made a father of many nations. He's talking about Abraham. Before him who believed, even God who quickeneth the dead called those things which were not as though they were. That's in Romans. He's talking about the father of faith. Why do you name him father of faith? Because Abraham had the faith for it. He had the faith to get up early in the morning because God said, go sacrifice your son, his only son. He had the faith to get up early and go do it. Who does that? The father of faith does it. Elijah is just telling us, hey, look at that little sign. I'm gonna move, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna make the biggest claim to go tell the king, and if he's wrong, he could be killed, but he didn't give a rip. 
Went and told the king, let's go. The rain is coming. Sent a word off and there was no rain yet. Yet he said, you wait and see what's going to happen. And sure enough, the rain came. How many of us are giving up on some stuff that God's trying to talk to us about? But God's trying to get some dreams to us, trying to get some victories to us. But maybe the first, second, third time, maybe the fourth time, whatever number we're on where we're just giving up on it. Maybe we're listening to some friends in our life. Thank God I didn't listen to my banker. Thank God I didn't listen to some of my friends. They're very intelligent, very logical, very smart financially. Thank God I didn't listen to them. I surrounded myself with men of faith that believed in me, that believed that God had spoken to me. See, Ezekiel was standing around a valley of dry bones, and the Lord said, can these bones live? It's whatever Ezekiel said. And he goes, good, prophesy over them. And then God brought an army of a thousand Israelites back to life. I'm going to tell you something. There might be some dry bones in your life. God's trying to speak to this campus right now. We're going to raise up some mighty men and women to do radical things. And it gets me emotional because I know so many of my friends that are dead to the world, but they think they're alive. They're lost. Trying to be market place giants with no purpose trying to find their way but if you're in this house God wants to restore you he wants to redeem some things that have been taken from you he wants to bring and breathe life back into your bones we can choose due to hurt rely on our feelings and look at our circumstances or we can choose to trust them again what are we staring at Are we staring at the storm or are we leaning into what the word of God is saying? Are we looking for our rhema word? Because one rhema word can shift everything in your life to those that believe. In Matthew 21, 22, it says, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, keyword believing, you shall receive. The devil's job is to come kill, steal, and destroy. And he starts with your belief. Starts with some of those dreams. He starts with putting some negative things around us. See, joy vibrates at a frequency that puts a smile on your face, maybe brings tears to your eyes. My tears all day long have been joy. I was leaving my house in the San Diego fog, just saying, God, thank you. And then he started downloading, just saying, speak those things. That's why you have the house aligned with my word is why you have the house. And you finally believe me that nothing's impossible or too big for me. While I was sitting here in the first service, you know, when your house goes, you know, you, you, you look on Redfin and I think I was addicted to Redfin and shows you what it is. And then after it sells, it shows you the sale price. My house got alerted and was emailed to me between services. And now I have two pictures, one of what it was selling for and one what I got it for. And it's supernatural. I guarantee everybody that got that email because they liked my house is peeing their pants right now. Because they're going to see it. They're like, how is that possible? Let me tell you how it's possible. It's because I serve a God that wants to bless his kids. And I am unapologetic about it. 
I was telling the first service, it doesn't matter if I drove a Prius, some people are going to judge me. Or a Maserati, some people are going to judge me. When do I got to quit caring what the world says? I was judged when I lived in my condo. Then I was judged when I lived in my nice house and I was judged in my other house and I'm judged in this house. It doesn't really matter, but I don't give a rip. Because God's speaking to me and I'm going to be obedient to his word. And I'm going to bless a lot of people. See, when you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. God knew all the weddings I threw and the connect group parties and the church parties and everything I did with that house because I knew I got a miracle. So I just used it to be a miracle. Now it's just next level, new levels, new devils. Let's go. Hashtag level and lions. I need a lion in the bottom of my pool. But God wants to do that same thing. The truth is, where is your alignment? Thank God for a pastor that knows at nine o'clock at night when the Holy Spirit nudges him, he just makes the phone call. Is it inconvenient? He had no idea the power in it. God used Pastor Jesse to send me a video. He just thought it was a cool video that impacted him. He didn't know it'd be my pivotal video that would change everything that I'd watch over and over and over to build faith when I didn't feel like I had any left. God showed me a picture. He says, everybody that cheered you on during this, write their names down. Because watch what I do in their life over the next few months. I'm going to bless them for being your cheerleader to cheer on the Lord's anointed. I'm like, whoa. And then he says, and everybody that stayed silent, they were with you. They just couldn't wrap their head around it. But it's going to be an anchor for them. Your miracle is going to be an anchor for them. And I'm going to bless their life because they didn't speak against you. They just didn't know what to say. So they watched it. And in that watching, you get your miracle. They're about to get theirs. And the third circle was everybody that spoke against you and told you you're an idiot that you ignored. Watch their life and pray for them because they're all stuck. We got to start cheering each other on. We got to start cheering each other on in business. When they get engaged, cheer them on. I want to start an awakened moving crew because I realized how bad moving sucks. And I want to bless some people. I want to bless some people that got into their dream condo, their dream house, their dream business, whatever it is, let's go bless them. I want to come up with how do we sharpen one another? How do we stand for one another? How do we come to men's and women's prayer and say, God, show me this, but I have no clue how to do it. That's called being vulnerable. It doesn't matter. It just matters that you stand and believe and you have other people that are praying for you that believe with you. We got to fight for those things because there's a devil that wants to make sure that you look miserable, that you have no light, that you look like anybody else, but we're called to be the salt and the light. We have to look different, think different, behave different, act different, walk different, stand different, and be that light in a dark world that's lost and confused and scared. I'm telling you. I'm going to write a book about it, but I'm going to make sure every junior high kid I know, I'm going to write a junior high version of it because I need them to have the revelation. That's how their dad works. That's how their heavenly father works because I didn't know till I was 30. The devil was a liar until I was 30 and I met a man that got me breakthrough. And the same Jesus that gave me salvation is the same Jesus that gave me the revelation that he is Lord. 
We need Lord and Savior in our vocabulary. He can redeem you from anything. He can pick you up and put you in a dry place. He can take you from the sand and put you on a foundation of a rock if you believe, if you trust, if we get over our insecurity, if we get over our ego, if we don't let pride take us out. It's not about the house. I don't give a rip. I always joke around. If I got my Vitamix and RV, my dog and my three kids and my wife, we're good. But God, if you're going to bless me, I'll take that too. Go for the ride. Enjoy it. This life is like a vapor. Eternity is forever. As I land this plane, this is an impartation prayer. If you feel like you've been stuck or feel like you knew you got a word, but you got talked out of it by the world, or you feel like you were supposed to be stepping into something of destiny, but you feel the weight. I want to break that today. I want you to stand to your feet. This is a breakthrough prayer so you can walk into your breakthrough. This is how this church watches. This is how the kingdom operates, just so you know. I did not know this. The kingdom operates when you get under an open heaven and you receive what God's trying to say. The spoken words happen all the time. But to those who believe shall receive. See, I'm going to throw some seeds out and they're going to fall on all sorts of soil. Go look up the parable. What type of soil are you going to be? This church isn't for everybody. You know what? Some people get offended with our church, our boldness, our political stance, our money stance. Our, you're the health and wealth church. What do you want us to be, the sick and broke church? Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? We are a house of transformation. Love God, love people. And then shine so bright they got to go find out what that light is. Sometimes your light will annoy people and other times your light will guide people. Either way, it's good for them. But we just need to make sure that your dimmer switch is all the way up. That's what this prayer is. So just open your heart, open your hands. Some of you, I remember I'd be in church and I'd hear the Holy Spirit during worship saying, reach up and pull down that miracle. And I'd be in the middle of worship. I'd just be doing this. My wife would be like, what are you doing? I said, babe, I'm getting my miracle. And two become one, so you should be cheering me on right now. She'd be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? I just didn't care anymore. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you right now for everyone under the sound of my voice. Every person that stood showing, God, I'm acknowledging that I want to hear your voice. I want that breakthrough. God, turn it around right now. There's not been one opportunity lost. God's going to turn it around. God, I thank you right now for breakthrough in lives. God, let us hear again. Let us see again. Renew our mind for thoughts of heaven. God, I thank you right now. Lord, the logical stress of the world, God, we set it aside. We trust you. Holy Spirit, guide us in business. Guide us in family. Bring back dreams. God, I break discouragement right now in the name of Jesus. Those things that have taken up real estate in our mind that's not of heaven, I break it right now. Devil, you give back that real estate. You give back that mind space, that real estate in the mind that's stealing our joy, and we profess joy. God, I thank you, Lord. Those that have been believing for something and you're feeling discouragement, I break that spirit of discouragement right now in the name of Jesus. God, thank you. Let, let in this house that awaken, accredited to those that believe. Let us believe again. 
Let us hear your voice. Let us dream. We don't look at our circumstance of our nation, our circumstance of our city, our circumstance of our state that dictates our joy. We lean into what your word is saying. God, I prophesy a rhema word for everybody in this house. Lord, I thank you that you're blessing them. Open heaven above them. Let us walk this out together. God, highlight areas that we're maybe naive in or highlight areas that we believe to lie in or highlight areas that we have a ceiling over our life maybe due to unforgiveness or bitterness. God's gonna highlight some names maybe you need to get right with. God can't bless you when you're holding on to unforgiveness. And this specifically, I see two or three people right now wrestling with it. God said, is it worth it? Just let it go. Watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. God, I thank you right now. Bless your kids in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. For those that received it, come on, give God a clap offering right there. I don't know who this is for, but right then... In a moment, I want to tell you something. Is 2017, right before I got ordained to take over literally this campus, a so-called best friend stole 300000 to me. And I get emotional because I'm a fiery person. And my first gut thing was, I'm going to take him for everything he's got. Did it fraudulently. And I said, man, he just messed with my family, with my kid's destiny. I had borrowed $180,000 from a gentleman I really respect. And I was three months into this business crushing it, making all my payments back to him. I called him up. He lived in Rancho Santa Fe. And I said, hey, can we meet? I got to talk to you. I drove to his house Tuesday. I, feel, I found out I got ripped off on a Sunday after church. I went to my place. It was all, everything was stolen out of it. Three energies gone. I knew I, my mom gave me 60. Sure, she was retired. Everything was going all in because I knew what God was going to do in my life. Here's what happened. I drove to his house in Rancho Santa Fe. I went in. He had a bottle of champagne. He goes, man, I knew you were a boss. You're here to pay me back six months early? And I said, no, I'm here to tell you. Everything's stolen. It's all gone. But I just want to look you in the face and tell you I'm going to pay you back every dime. I just need one month to figure out how I'm going to do it. And he looked at me in his 70s and he goes, I've been in business my whole life. And he goes, no one's ever came to tell me that. And I said, God told me to do it. And if I swallowed my pride and humbled myself, he, he would bless me. And it was the most humbling thing I've ever done in business to eat crow, knowing that I was defeated for a second. But I honored it. I shook him. I looked at him. I said, I'll figure it out. I figured it out a month later. It took me about seven months to pay him back. But what was so amazing about it, God spoke to me and said, don't sue him. If you sue him, he showed me a picture of his little girl hating his dad. She would hate his dad and cause a divorce. And he goes, do you want that or do you want me to deal with it? He said, don't let there be divorce on you because you crushed their family and you could. And this little girl will hate her daddy and she needs her daddy. It was that I said, God, I know you'll figure it out. 
when I toasted my champagne on Thursday night with my wife in front of a couple friends, God whispered in my ear, because I totally forgot about that. And he says, I told you I would bless you. That's kingdom. It won't make sense to the rest of the world. It won't make sense to business people. It won't make sense to your attorneys. It won't make sense to anybody, but it makes sense to God. And if we can just listen to what God says, you're going to live the most radical life you could ever dream of. But the thing is, we listen to too many other voices. Somebody needed to hear that. I don't even know why I was sharing that. But I walked into my blessing because I was obedient. And God was going to take it. I've been blessed beyond measure. God restored it. I figured it out. Or I could have rolled over in a corner, done what the world wanted me to do. Who knows where I'd be. No matter what circumstance you're walking through, if you give it to God, he will redeem you. He will restore you and he will turn every wrong and make them right if you choose to believe. So listen, if you need prayer today, I'm gonna ask my ministry team to come forward. Please come receive prayer. You know one of the craziest things that ever messed me up in this church? When I remember this guest pastor came in and I watched my pastor go down for prayer. I'm like, who does that? But it broke off my last religiosity inside of me. Afterwards, I said to Pastor Jurgen, I go, don't you care what people think? And he goes, nope. He says, if we're gonna be the church God's called us to be, we gotta get over that and do what God tells us. And God told me, get down and make some stuff right. So I did it. And he goes, and I know I'll always stay under his covering and blessing. Fear of the Lord, not fear of man. Change my whole perspective. If I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna cry. If I'm gonna go forward, I'm gonna go forward. If I'm gonna say something stupid, God will figure it out. We can't control if people are offended or not. All you can do, lean into his voice, listen to God and live full throttle for him. And he'll show you the way. Men's prayers on 5.30. If you're a man in this house, San Marcos and Bresci, we're together the first Tuesday of every month. That's this Tuesday. Come together, let's pray the right way. Teach men how to pray. Women, you're on Thursdays, Bressy and San Marcos. It's gonna be amazing. But every man in this house, we learn to fight our battles in prayer. Everything I have is because I learned how to pray. I went 30 years, didn't even know prayer was that important. I, conceptually, it sounded important, but I didn't know how to do it. Most men come in, I don't care how successful they are in life, how brave they are in life, how ripped they are in life. They come in, they learn how to pray. Everything changes about their life. When you want to take full authority, start some prayer. As a church, I would just say, go all in. If you want to take back a city, if we want to do radical things together, we just got to look for our insecurities and where we have trust issues, let God figure it out. But I would say, go all in. Find your tribe in the church. I know who, if anything ever happened to me, would be praying for me. I'm pretty secure that all things would work out all right because I know some mighty men in this house that know how to pray. If your marriage is struggling, who cares? Come to the altar, your marriage will get altered. If you're struggling in business, come to the altar, your business will get altered. You got money issues, let God redeem them. Show you how to do it the right way. There's a kingdom way. And God is gonna bring powerhouses from around the world to these campuses to get restored. Danny Goki, no joke, said, I was coming for you guys, but everything in my life shifted. I felt refreshed in my soul when I left. And then he tithed to our church the next Sunday. Who does that? It's a man that saw the revelation on the house. 
And we brought him in because Pastor Jurgen got a word from the Lord. So he brought him in. We didn't even know why. And it was amazing. But he got blessed to give him wind in his sails and who knows what he's gonna do for the kingdom now. Some of you need to run for politics. Some of you need to engage in some spiritual warfare so we can take back our city. If that's your calling, let us help you try to figure it out. Some of you have been waiting on your dream business. You've been too afraid to pop the clutch. You know the Holy Spirit's messing with you today to pop the clutch. Some of you are on the fence about certain things. Don't be on the fence about kingdom things. Listen to God, get it confirmed in his word. Let us pray for you and let's see it through. If you're nervous about it, let's pray you through it. Don't get stuck in the valley. God's taking you to the next mountain. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.